Join Unrivaled with Alex Curie and Scott Mitchell this Friday at the warehouse from 3 to 6. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind, Yock. Boom! There you go. All right, Brian Howell is joining us now. He's joining us on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain is giving free controllers along with a free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Please visit smartrain.net or call 877-346-3333-877-346-3333. Joining us now is Brian Howell, Colorado Buffalo's beat writer for Buff Zone and the Boulder Daily Camera. Brian, here we are. The rivalry is back. It's this time of year. Are you fired up or what? <laughs> Uh, rumble in the Rockies or whatever they call it, right? <laughs> yeah, this manufactured rivalry. I guess I'm fired up. Uh, you know, for you know Utah fans, I know there's a lot to look forward to. For Colorado fans, it's um, you know it's basketball season at this point. So I guess we're looking forward to kind of turning the page after this one. Yeah, last year was a crazy situation with the pandemic, and the Buffaloes were the big surprise. You know, with uh, winning the games that they won. Um, I'm wondering if you think this season was derailed before the season when, for whatever reason, and I'm not sure, their quarterback transfers to Oregon State and now he doesn't play. I think it's more than that. I mean, he transfers, but then also they brought in a transfer last winter from Tennessee, J.T. Shrout, that, you know, from a lot of people I've heard from that got to watch practice would have been the guy. And, you know, it was characterized to me that this staff was devastated when he went down with a knee injury in middle of August. So, um, you know, it's it's possible Brendan Lewis would have been their third-string guy this year. I mean, he might have yeah. been the guy, but at, at, at worst, you would have had a shorter leash on Brendan Lewis early in the season when things went south offensively and you could have you know, gone with, with another option where they just didn't have another option. Yeah, and that's, I think, what it boils down to offensively. They haven't been very good at all and I think it starts with the quarterback position although when I look at the stats 27 sacks that's a lot uh, how I don't want to it's harsh to say but how bad's the offensive line yeah it, it's been bad I mean it, it's been bad enough that uh, a few weeks ago Carl Durrell fired the offensive line coach and that's the first time maybe in history from people I've talked to that CU's ever fired a position coach in the middle of the season so uh, you know it was, it's been bad. I mean, that, that group is, has not played very well. And, you know, Brendan Lewis has had his ups and downs. He's a freshman, and, you know, he's had his struggles. But uh, the offensive line has just not been good. And, you know, it's affected the run game, the passing game, and, you know, the, the offense just in general, outside of a few little spurts and, you know, a, a nice about nine-quarter stretch a few games ago, um, this offense has just not been very good most of the season. Brian Howell from the Boulder Daily Camera joining us. Yeah, because I thought that as I as we, we we broadcast every day or every year from Pac-12 Media Day, and Darrell is such a likable dude that you you'd like to see him succeed. Uh, but I thought, man, they're they're just going to be in trouble uh, at, at this point here. Uh, I didn't know that they could recreate what they had last year, but I thought they'd have more success 
running the ball with Broussard and, and Fontenot figuring I could have made a case going into the season that the combination of those two guys would give them the best one-two punch on the ground in the conference and it hasn't worked out to the level I and mean, Broussard it's not like he's had a bad season but I, I figured one of these guys would be a thousand yard rusher I don't know how much of it's a knock on those guys. How much of it a knock is it on the passing game isn't prolific so they can stack the box or the offensive line? Or in your idea, is it a combination of everything? I think it's a combination of everything. And, and you're right about that duo. And, you know, beginning of the season, I would have thrown in a Shad Clayton, who was a four-star recruit in 2020. I mean, I thought the trio was going to be very good this season. And a shot ended up being kind of a non-factor, got hurt, and he was redshirting. So, uh, yeah, it hasn't been great, but there's been times where Jared Broussard and Alex Fontenot have both looked fantastic, and they'll they'll break off a run. And you're like, okay, wow, they're they're not hurt. <laughs> they they've still got the ability. They they found a hole right there, but it just hasn't been consistent. And you know, especially early in the season when Brennan Lewis just you know wasn't hitting receivers and couldn't throw. It started with kind of the Minnesota game where um, the Gophers just said, you know, we're, you know, we're not going to let you beat us with the run. They stacked the box and see you couldn't do anything that day. Ended up with like 63 yards of offense. So that's kind of been a theme that uh, teams have used most of the season. And luckily for the Buffs, Brendan Lewis has played well and kind of backed teams off a little bit uh, in the second half of the season. Tell us about the injuries on defense because I understand there's been a few. Yeah, there's been quite a few. I mean, Nate Landman, um, who, you know, if you fans remember, you know, he tore his Achilles against the Utes uh, you know, last, last year's year, game. Yeah. Came back, had you know had a phenomenal recovery and was unbelievable the first seven games. But then injured his shoulder at Cal. He's missed the last four games, and you know they keep saying hey, there's a shot he'll play. I'd be surprised if he plays this week. And they also lost a couple of, uh, outside linebackers. I mean, last week their started their second starting outside linebacker was basically their fifth string guy who didn't even see the field until two weeks ago. So. Um, they're, they're a little depleted there. They've got sometimes three true freshmen in the secondary that are playing at once. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're a little depleted on the defensive side, and um, that's happened throughout the season. They were pretty good defensively the first, I'd say, six, seven games. And then ever since Landman and Guy Thomas, one of their outside linebackers, went out, uh, they've just really struggled. Brian Howell from the Boulder Daily Camera joining us. So when you look at hope, you know, we don't put much hope in beating the Utes this week, obviously. But going forward, uh, as you're trying to look for some hope with this team, is it in the youth? Where Where is it exactly? Yeah, I, I think it is in the youth. I mean, that, that's the one positive thing is there's a lot of young guys that they that they believe have a lot of talent that are now getting some snaps. And it sort of reminds me of the 2013 Buffs, who were not very good, but they played a ton of freshmen. And that's the group that in 2016, as seniors, were basically a bunch of four-year starters that won the South title. So uh, this sort of reminds me of that. We'll see if that progresses you know, over the next couple of seasons into that. But you know, the hope is with that youth. And then also, the Buffs have got to have a really good offseason in the transfer portal. They've got to get some reinforcements in a lot of different areas. How much have they mined that? Quite a bit. I think that'll be a big part of what they do, at least in the early going of Darrell's tenure. I think that they're, they need some quick fixes in a lot of spots. Yeah, that's what I'm – I guess that's probably – if your team isn't good enough, 
where it's at right now. I'm figuring the idea is, well, let's just go to the transfer portal then. Uh, and, you know, you would think with Darrell's been around, coached in various parts of the country, that he might have some contacts, and that might be, uh, I don't know if it's an easy way, but it might be a potential way to get this program. I, I don't know. What, what do you think is a realistic uh, uh position for this program uh bowl eligibility or actually contending to win the south i think the first step is bowl eligibility and, and you're right it's not an easy fix i mean they got six transfers this last year and not one of them ended up being a, a starter this year so um it, they've got to do better at that portal but yeah i do think that if they have a you know a, a good offseason in the transfer portal that really bowl eligibility is the issue for this team I mean, they've got to get there they've only made two bowl games i think in 17 years or three bowl games, I think it is. So uh, they've got to get there. They've never been to back-to-back bowl games in that period. And that's kind of the next goal you know, for this program is just get six wins for a couple seasons in a row and, and try to build on that. And then eventually maybe you can contend for the South title. Brian Howell with the Boulder Daily Camera joining us. All right, you brought up basketball, 5-1. and one. Tad Balls usually got a pretty good program. They've got some players there, Big Evan Bate, uh, Batty's back, some other guys, Walker. Uh, what are you looking at this season as far as them being a contender? Because I think they can they can be. Yeah, I think they can be. They, they just played out in the Virgin Islands this week and did not have a very good tournament. They went 2-1, and one, uh, but, you know, really they were kind of expected – to get to the championship game and play against Colorado State, and they end up losing the first game and barely won the next two. So um, it's kind of a shaky five and one start, but that's a pretty good team. That you know they have a history of not doing well um, in tropical tournaments. So you know maybe it's just getting out of the tropics that will help them. But there's a lot of talent. I think they just got to grow together. I think that that's a team that by March and when you get to Vegas for the tournament, they could be really tough to contend with. So they don't do well in tropics because that was uh, because what was it a couple years back uh, on graduation commencement ceremonies it snowed. Yeah, that's right. I think it was uh, 2019. <laughs> it might have been. So yeah, uh, it, it'd be a good thing if they can get back to cold weather. They, they're really good in Boulder, and uh, you know they they have a, a history of pulling off a few wins here and there on the road in the Pac-12. So um, I think this team is talented enough. I'm not sure if they'll contend for the. The Pac-12 title, I think UCLA and maybe Arizona uh, put themselves uh, near the top of that. But I do think they can be a top-four team in the Pac-12. Okay, contend for an NCAA berth then. Yes, I think I think they can do that. All right, uh, what is your thought as far as uh, how ugly will it get on Friday? Ooh, I, I almost think that Utah could name its score. Now, if they show up and and – you know, play motivated. I mean, the one thing I, I look at this game and say, all right, maybe Colorado has a shot in that Utah really has nothing to play for other than just its senior day. But um, they're not moving anywhere in the standings or, you know, they can't contend for a national title. They've already won the South. And maybe they're looking forward to uh, next week. So that's probably CU's only hope is that Utah's doing that. Otherwise, I think, I mean, the Utah have just pounded the Buffs the last few years. And I think that this is, you know, really maybe the worst uh, – CU team that we've seen in the last four or five years. So I think the youth could almost name their score. All right, Brian, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. You bet. Thanks, guys. Okay, that's uh, Brian Howell from the Boulder Daily Camera giving us a lowdown on the Colorado Buffaloes. 
What a program, man. Two, two bowl games in 17 years and you only need six wins? Yikes, man. They have been down for so long. And here are the Utes. It's not a question of bowl eligibility. That question, that, that's that been answered a long time ago. How good are you going to be? Are you Are going to contend for the South? Are you going to contend for the conference title? Are you Are going to contend for the Rose Bowl? Are you Are going to contend for the playoff? I already got some Ute fans telling me next year, there's no way Kyle can retire because next year they're going to be contending for the playoff. Ute fans, you buying that? Have you got so many young guys? Well, we'll have to see who decides to go to the NFL. Now, Utah's not had a lot of guys go to the NFL early. They end up, a lot of them end up staying. And Marcus Williams is safety a few years back. I certainly think Lloyd and Ford will go. Uh, I I would think it's in their best interest to go, to go make money. I mean, what are they going to do now at this point? What do they What do they hope to accomplish? And a lot of speculation on Kyle's retirement. Uh, burned out. My neighbor the other day, man, you could see it in the game the other night. I don't see it as much. I don't see it as much this year. Maybe next year, maybe the year after. But I think at this point, you know, you can plan on it or think on it. This is what I'm thinking about doing. But uh, until you get right down to the time to make the decision, I think that's when it matters. Uh, so at this point, you know, is he is he year to year? Uh, maybe. But what does that mean? I mean, really, in a sense, uh, who isn't? I mean, it's a high, high stress job. You've got to devote so much time to it. Uh, particularly, you know, it's not a, it's not as easy for these guys. Let's say some of the higher profile. You know, we had Norm Chow on our radio for a few years after he retired, and he was talking about how he was at SC. And SC, when it came to recruiting, it was about evaluating rather than finding the gem and developing. You had just had to evaluate and decide: is this player good enough to be in our program? So maybe recruiting is easier there, uh, and for Utah. And, you know, we got a lot of good players in our state, but you've got to get players out of state to come into your program. And and it really is a full-time job. I mean, it, it, I don't know that you're ever off. When you listen to these coaches talk about recruiting, and recruiting is an everyday deal, well, it's not about just during the season and during a recruiting period because it never stops. So you can understand if someone has been doing it that long, 62 years of age, my own personal belief, I don't know this, he hasn't told me this by any stretch, so I'm not giving any inside information here, but I think he's your coach next year, and, and then we'll see where he's at after that. You know, go, go from there. But these are good times right now for you of you folks, so enjoy it. I imagine many of you will. I'm saying twenty to 25000 next week in Las Vegas. What do you think? They're going to have that many? Because I know there's some people who bought tickets because tickets were available before the Utes clinched. So I don't know if the, the Utes will have a figure on that. Uh, be able to say, well, we sold X amount of tickets. Well, they actually sold more, whatever their allotment is. Maybe I think there's going to be a great showing. It's a great opportunity. I think they're going to win that game, and I do think they're going to go to the Rose Bowl. Probably a lot of me is saying uh, that because I want it to happen. It'll be fun for us to cover. I've covered the Fiesta Bowl. I covered the Sugar Bowl. So why not the Rose Bowl, man? Uh, I've done it before, but not not here locally. 
All right, stay with us. We'll get you caught up on what you may have missed. Coming up next, 97.5, 1280 The Zone.